what's going on everybody welcome back to big dog's porch come on up grab a seat january 1 2020 for all those that made it here happy new year happy new decade right it's the start of a brand new decade what's this decade going to be like for you I'm I'm hoping it's going to be my best decade yet. And I've had some pretty good ones and had some of the ones I hope it's hope this is my best decade yet. And I hope it's your best decade yet. You know. So, uh last night driving and uh you know, I came to some realizations. Uh, one Uber really has n- as much as they want to say otherwise, they really have no interest in us drivers. Um, when I first started with Uber, I, I saw uh, a flaw in their business structure. And that flaw was there was no incentive for somebody to stay with them long term. What do I mean by that? Okay, so let's say... I've been doing it, last night was my third year anniversary doing it for Uber, right? Between Uber and Lyft, I have done over 7,000 rides, okay? So, uh, or right at 7,000, I, th- I think I'm actually at like 6,900 and change, but, um, but, but my point is, is that, um, when I when I started three years ago, I come pick you up at point A, take you to point B. Let's say it cost you ten bucks. I mean, let's say I made ten bucks off of that fare, right? So now it's three years later, you decide to drive to Uber. You go and pick up somebody at point A where you know the same point a that i picked you up and you take them to the same point b that i took you to and you're going to make exactly the same ten dollars that i made three years ago and that i made tonight with you you know let's say you know it's a party and you picked up somebody and i picked up somebody at the same party and took them to the same place whatever right going it's going to be the exact same amount of money for both of us. Now you, as a new person, you think that's okay. You think that's fair. Right? See, because a lot of times people look at things and they don't want to get started because they think they missed the wave. You, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and, and, and I understand why Uber has done it because then it takes away that barrier of entry see because if you said if you as a new person maybe looking to get started at uber looked and saw people that there was a progressive pay scale so and what i mean by progressive pay scale let's let's say that <clears throat> hey if you've been with uber for x number of years you get you know y percentage more right you uh, 
for each fare, then you're going to sit there and think, well, I missed the boat. You know, I should have started three years ago, and then you're not going to want to do it, right? And, and, and there's, so there, so there's no incentive for people to, to remain loyal to Uber long term. None whatsoever. Right? And then they try to do these Uber Pro things where, you know, oh, you, you get some. The, no. Honestly and truthfully, Uber, if you ever hear this or if anybody in your thing ever listens, finds my thing and decides to turn it into you, because I, I absolutely love driving Uber because I'm a people person, so I get to meet people. All we want is money. When I first started three years ago, a $10 fare, I made $7.50 off that $10 fare. I made 75% of the fare. Then you started raising rates. You started raising your fees. And so you, you, and you always said, this does not affect your pay. Okay? But it did. See, because now... Off of what is a $10 fare, I only make $5.50. See, because of your front-end fees and, and, and service fees and all these other fees, a $10 fare is not the same distance that a $10 fare was three years ago when I started. So I don't make $7.50 anymore. Now, if you want to look at it separate, let's say it's the exact same ride okay we can do that so the exact same ride that i did three years ago that i made seven dollars and fifty cents off you say i still make seven dollars and fifty cents off and i'm not going to argue that point yes but that fare is no longer a ten dollar fare that fare is now a fifteen dollar fare fourteen fifty whatever see so i still lost money Because my percent, I lost 25% of my money. I used to make 75% off of a fare that you would charge customers. And now I'm only making around 55% off the fare which you charge customers. That's why you took the ability away from us to see. See, when I first started, you could see the fare, you know, what, what you charged the customer and then what we got from what you charged the customer. Because back then, you were proud of what you was giving us. You're not anymore. That's why you don't let us see it anymore. And then last year in 2019, you go and you give us the biggest FU that you can possibly give us. You change the way surge pricing works. And for those of you who didn't know, surge pricing used to be a multiplicative effect. What I mean by that was that $10 fare, and let's say there was a surge of two going on. Now that $10 fare becomes 20. Instead of me making $7.50, I make 15. So you see it's a multiplicative, it multiplies, right? I, I double my money, right? If it was a three, then that $10 fare becomes a $3, uh, a $30 fare, and I get $21.50, right? 
or $22.50, whatever it is. It's a multiplicative effect. Well, last year, in your infinite wisdom, you took that away from us. Now, you still charge the customers a multiplicative effect. So their, their ride still doubles and triples. So, but now what you do is you give us, so let's say off the two, you give us $3.25 fare uh, boost, right? So now that $20 fare, I make $3.25 on. So uh, $7.50 becomes, what, uh, $10.75? So again, I'm only a little bit over half. Of what the total fare cost is. And you wonder why drivers are getting upset. Now, don't get me wrong. I hear a lot of drivers sitting there saying we should be treated like employees. No, you knew you was an independent contractor when you got started. If you don't like independent independent contractors, then stop going and being an independent contractor and then trying to change it once you've become one and try to force them to make you an employee. Just go be an employee somewhere. Stop bitching. Stop screwing it up, fucking it up for those of us who like the way it is. And these people out in California now, oh, dude, see, y'all couldn't stand me if I was the CEO of Uber. And again, God, I hope this gets to his ear one time. Because what I would have done as soon as California passed that law and all those Uber drivers applauded, I would have said, okay, your employees, everybody, tomorrow morning, be at your local in the state of California. Be at your local airport at 5 o'clock in the morning. Since we track you with GPS so we know which rides to give to you, and we track you you know, to, to see if you're on, we will know when you sign on. And we will know where you sign on. So you better be at your local airport at 5 o'clock in the morning tomorrow morning. That's when everybody's shift starts. You don't get to decide your shift anymore. You're an employee. You don't get to decide where you go to work. We tell you where to go to work because you're an employee. Be at the airport at 5 o'clock in the morning. If you're not there, you're fired. That is the only shift that we do. So all passengers in the state of California, thank your legislatures because our only shift in the state of California is 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's it. After 1 p.m., you can't request squat on Uber in California anymore. Say thank you to your state legislature. See, that's what I would have done. However, I'm sure a lot of you are right now going like, well, thank God you ain't the CEO. But back to my point. So I initially saw that flaw. Well, last night just showed me because last year, New Year's Eve, I made a certain amount of money. Now, I don't ever share exact details with my money because... One of the things that I always tell riders when they tell me, you know, Uber drivers tell them how much money they make. Uber drivers are like fishermen. The more they tell the tale, 
the, you know what I'm saying? By, by the time they get done telling the tale, the size of the fish that got away is Moby Dick. All right? So, Uber drivers are exaggerators. They are. They, they, they just do. Prime example, there, there's a Facebook family group for the Uber drivers in my area in Hampton Roads. And guy said last year he made $600 in four hours. That's $150 an hour. That is impossible to do. When you, when you think of it, and then, and then one other person sit there and she's, she pipes back. She says, it's not impossible to do. Uh, you know, I, I, last year I had one trip, you know, the 40-minute ride, surge of five, and they gave me a $100 tip. That's one ride. And the whole, and the whole area doesn't surge to five. Those are only the serious hot spots. I've been doing this too long. You're not going to make $600 in four hours. You're not. That's the, one of the reasons I went down to Atlanta is because I had a couple people get in my car up here from Atlanta. Say they were Uber drivers down there and you could make uh, uh, $1,200 in 16 hours down there. So that's two days. I talked it over with my wife and I sat there and said, you know, I'm, I'm out more than eight hours. You know, on Friday and Saturday nights up here, at that time, I was putting in 10, 12 hours a night. I'm like, if these cats are kicking back $1,200 in two days, Friday and Saturday night down in Atlanta, I said, I, let me go down to Atlanta. I'm going to kill it. I get down to Atlanta and find out these people are full of shit. You ain't making $1,200 in two days. Don't get me wrong, you can make some good money in Atlanta. They got the busiest airport in the world. You can just camp out at the airport and, you know, problem is that every time the fare takes you away from the airport, then you got to drive all the way back to the airport. But, dude, you can make some good money out of that airport, right? And they've got three sports teams, the Braves, the Falcons, the Hawks, right? So you got sports there year-round. Plus in Atlanta, you got seven different colleges, Georgia Tech. So, you know, you got ACC football, ACC basketball. You, you know, you got uh, Spellman and um, what's their, what's the, the all boys one down there? Uh, Moore, uh, Morehouse? Is it Morehouse? You got Clark over Atlanta, you got Kennesaw, you got Emory. There, there's so many colleges down there. You got all that. And then plus, you got uh, um, you know all the businesses down there. Then, then at different times of the year, you got stuff. And now they're finally starting to do concerts down in the Georgia Dome down there. Uh, Garth Brooks was one of the first concerts down there. But you got, uh, you know, uh, the first weekend of every September's Dragon Con. 200,000 people just about to come down there to, to dress up as their favorite character in pop culture, right? Uh, computer games and stuff, just like Comic-Con. It's just, it's called Dragon Con when it's down in Atlanta. Anyways, they, they there's so much going down in Atlanta. There's so much money going down in Atlanta. It's sick. It's ridiculous. And they don't have a good public transportation system, right? Um, 
So, you know, I, you know, I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I thought I was going to the land of milk and honey. Went down there, found out the milk had curdled, and damn, all the bees were gone because there ain't no damn honey down here either. But I stayed, and and I, I learned I learned the system. And when I came home for Christmas, and I was planning to go back down, I um, you know, I'd, I'd set up a schedule in my in in my head that I I would maximize my money, and I really believe that with that schedule, I could have probably made anywhere from. I mean, honestly and truthfully, well, now we also got to look at it too because the original surge was the original surge, right? I mean, so he was getting paid with the original surge. And so every afternoon at 3.30, Midtown surged to 4, 4 and a half because people were getting off of work, right? Three From from about 4, uh, I said 3.30, but it was more about 4 o'clock in the afternoon to about 6 o'clock in the afternoon in the evening, it would surge it would get up as high as four, four and a half, and then even around six, it'd still be right around anywhere from one and a half to two and a half, right? So, you know, of course, the problem is, is everybody that drove, they're leaving, so you got all that traffic leaving out there. But you you end up you show up and you be down there at four o'clock when it gets when it you know when work time's over, you jump online, you get one surge ride at four, four and a half, going there. Let's say going from there to Alpharetta. So anybody from Atlanta, you know where where I'm talking about, or Marietta, or or you know down the other way past the airport, or you know up around Dunwoody, right? Um, or south uh, southeast into Decatur. Uh, but anyways, you sit there and you, you you know you pop off and and you get one up. Let's let's keep it up with Alpharetta. Well. Without any surge from Midtown to Alpharetta is almost a $20 fare. Almost. It's like 16, 17 bucks, 18 bucks, depending on where in Alpharetta you're going, right? Multiply that by four. So let's just round down to be conservative and say it was 15 bucks. Multiply that by four. Now it's 60. $60 for one fare. You turn around, you drive back down to Midtown. You know, it's it, it's going to take you a little while. So you get back down there. It's probably about five o'clock. You catch another fare. Your surge ain't going to be four anymore, but maybe your surge is still two and a half to three, right? So let's say it's three, and let's say this time you're only going up to Buckhead uh, or Silver Springs, which is a little little bit farther than Buckhead, right? Now that's that's like a ten dollar ride, right? Now it's thirty. So for two hours now, you're at a hundred bucks without well, ninety bucks without tips, right? Ninety bucks for two hours worth of work. Come on, come on. So Monday morning you work because in Monday morning is heavy business travel, right? Everybody's going to the airport to fly out because there's a lot of consulting companies in Atlanta, right? So everybody's leaving to go to wherever they're going to consult with, right? So you work Monday morning, you go to work about 4.30, right? 4, 4.30 in the morning. 
and you go hang out in Buckhead and you get these guys who are leaving from Buckhead going down to the airport. It's a $20 ride. It's going to surge anywhere from two to four, depending on how big the demand is. Let's just say it's two. It's a $20 ride, so it's 40 bucks. And then by the time you get down to, to the airport, you're going to probably catch a fare that somebody's trying to come back up to Midtown to go to work. Boom. So you're not deadheading it back. Then you come up around 285, you go get into Marietta, and then you catch another fare back down to the airport. Come on, man. I mean, so I had the whole thing worked out, and I really believe that if I would have went down there and worked the schedule as I had planned to, I could have made upwards of 1300 a week I, I re I really honestly and truthfully believe that because back then at that time on a Friday and Saturday night so Friday and Saturday night you work normal right you you just you know um, <clears throat> well Friday you go and you catch you know the 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 Everybody getting off work traffic. You go have dinner. Uh, and then you come back out around 10 o'clock at night. And you start working. And you work till about 6 in the morning. Right? Eight hours. And on a Friday night, eight hours from about 10 to 6 in the morning, you're going to sit there and make anywhere from 250 to $300. Now, on Saturday, you don't have the, the afternoon getting off. So you go out about 8, 9 o'clock at night. And you work till 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning, 8, pull a 12-hour shift, right? And in those 12 hours, you're going to make 300 to $350. You just, you got to know where you're going. You got to know where the, the you know, where the, the bars are that everybody frequents and stuff like that. And, you know, the time of year, Christmas break. You know, Buckhead isn't going to be that big because a lot of the college students are gone. And that's, there's this, there's this strip down in Buckhead where, like, there's a bar right next door. There's, like, eight bars right next door to each other. And no college kids, so those ain't going to be, you know, those ain't going to be pumping. You know what I'm saying? See, but it's a business, right? And you got these people that's coming in, and they come in as an independent contractor. They know it's an independent contractor, and then all of a sudden they get on the inside, and then they realize, you know, oh, the the, the costs of, of supporting your own business. Independent contractor is just not a way for a company to say, uh, to, 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 to not have to pay you employee benefits and stuff like that. It's your own boss. Dude, do you... Do you <laughs> So when I was down in Atlanta, and I haven't done it up here because I, I never wanted to stay up here, right? When I was down in Atlanta, I went and got me one of those little cricket phones, right? And and I, I went to this the, this place down there that printed off business cards on the cheap, right? Uh, I got, like, it wasn't the best quality cards, but I got 100 cards for, like, 5 bucks, Right? And on those things, I put, you know, I put an email address, suppose somebody could email me, and I put the cricket phone number. And I told people, listen, you know, if, especially if they was in my car, I said, dude, you're the best Uber driver I've ever had. Here's a card. 
If you ever want me to take you anywhere again, just give me a call. No, I'm not circumventing Uber. I'm not offering to sit there and be your personal driver. When you call me, I'll come here and you got a request on Uber. Since you're in my car, I'll be the closest driver, so we should be paired together, okay? Excuse me, I'm taking a drink. So, I um, and and I did that, and and it got to the point where in the four and a half months, I developed a, a good little clientele. That the only condition was is I I don't do prearranged rides during bar rush time, which is one a.m. to three a.m. Sorry. I'll come get you after 3 a.m. I'll, I'll come get you before 1 a.m. But between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., I'm not coming to get you. I, I, can, I make too much money from the bar rushes. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But a lot of times, it was just people, hey, come pick me up at 8 o'clock and take me to the bar. Okay, great. And then they'd catch another Uber ride to um, waffle house or whatever and they call me and say hey can you come to the waffle house this is the waffle house i'm at come get me and take me home sure i'll do that right and um but there for like the last two or three weeks that i was in atlanta on a friday and saturday night i already had just by prearranged rides between 50 to 100 bucks lined up from prearranged rides. Before I picked up my first customer, I basically had guaranteed 50 bucks in my pocket. And it, you know, going back down there, I would have continued the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I would have continued doing that and would have got more cards, maybe sit there and improve the quality of the cards and, you know, whatever. They don't need to be super improved. I, I haven't done that up here in, in Virginia because, like I said, I. I never really wanted to stay here in Virginia. I still don't. I want I want out of Virginia bad. Anyways, I'm I'm all over the place. I, I really wasn't gonna do a podcast today, but I, I thought about it because of this last night. It just really ticked me off. I made half of the money. I worked the same amount of hours that I worked last New Year's Eve, and I made half the money. And it just really just kind of ticked me off. And then also some of the interesting things was, you know, when I realized when I was talking to a customer, he asked me, he said, okay, of those 7,000 7, fares, how many were doubled? And I was like, oh, not a lot. It's very rare that you, you know, pick up duplication, you know, that you, you know, pick, it's, I, not saying that it doesn't happen, but probably out of the 7,000, probably 6,800 were unique individual fares, right? And he's, he, has, he says, so you've had 6,800 people in your car. I said, no. I said, yeah. And I said, no, no, no. Think about this. This Your fare right now is one fare, but how many people in my car? He said, two. He goes, oh, wow, dude. And I was like, yeah. So probably I've had about, in the last three years, I've had probably somewhere close to 10,000 people in my car. Isn't that awesome? 10,000 people have enriched my life.
and the 30 shitheads or so that you know that's a thing too because the, the facebook family group it's like every time these people get over talking it's like all the passengers are bad you know this one woman says you know the the rating system hasn't been fair to me maybe do you think it's you maybe it's you maybe you're the problem the rating system hasn't been fair to you maybe you're the one who rubs your passengers the wrong way maybe you're the one who sits there and, and is and 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 just is is just crappy at what you do maybe you shouldn't be an uber driver but you know it's um uh it's the it's those little things that that just it makes me go hmm. and and I had a bunch of people since last year last night was New Year's ask me about New Year's resolutions and I, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions because New Year New Year resolutions are are just made to be broken right I mean you know we've we've talked about it before about you know in in you know making a decision and how our our brain works and and you know compares that decision that we're making to all the other stuff that we have in our in our database right and and then it if it matches up then okay the decisions made if it doesn't match up then the decision is rejected right So, um, you know, we have to, um, so New Year's resolutions, everybody knows because everybody jokes about it. You know, all New Year's resolutions are made to be broken. So we make them and guess what? We break them, right? I, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people, so I, I don't, I don't make a lot of New Year's, hardly ever make a New Year's resolution. And anyways, you know, so a lot of riders last night was asking me. So I made a quick little video and I posted it up on my Facebook page and I posted it up on my Instagram and Twitter account. And it was just a cute little video and saying the same thing, you know, that a bunch of people asked me last night. And one of the biggest things that I've had to deal with in my life is my procrastination. We've talked about that, about how I've been talking about doing a podcast for over a year. My son bought me, you know, the microphone, well, not me, but bought the microphone three weeks before I actually started doing my show, right? So I said, I resolve my resolution for this year is to, to not procrastinate. And I plan on getting started Monday. So check back on Monday. Anyways, guys, short one today. Happy New Year. Like I said earlier, may this be the best decade of your life, right? And uh, I, all it takes is a decision. Come on back to Big Dog's Porch. We'll see you all next time.